Welcome. Thank you for being part of Mariners today. It is terrific to have you guys here. Uh, my name is Paul, and I'm one of the pastors, and uh, wonderful to be part of you guys and, 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 and part of this day and all that. Hey, I just simply would like to encourage you to come out for the baptism today at 1 o'clock. It is right below Sam's Chowder House. Um, it should be an interesting one um, today. This one will be there. We have uh, several people that are getting baptized, and it's, but apart from seeing a person come to know Christ as Savior, um, um, seeing them say, I want to follow Jesus with my whole life, it's, it's a great experience and a great witness um, for that. And if you do go, the words will score 10 more points tomorrow night. I just want to let you know. So I know. I know those kinds of things. Also, make sure you sign the Bibles that are in the lobby. Um, the Bibles are what we give to our high school seniors as they're graduating and going off into the, you know, the, the, the great world. And it's going to be something that they're going to carry with them for a long, long time. And so write your name, your note, a note to them. Underline your favorite verses, if you would. Um, don't be afraid. You're not going to... You're not going to desecrate a Bible by underlining anything in it. It's a good thing to do. Um, and you're saying, well, I don't even know these, these, some of these kids. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Um, just write a note of encouragement to them. And, and as you're writing, just pray for them. And it's a really, really good, good thing. Also, my daughter has a Bible back there, so write good stuff. I'm going to be looking at all your names, so just let you know. <laughs> make, sure, make sure you know. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're talking about, um, we're in a series, we're called, calling it The Games People Play. And, and there are a lot of board games and table games we play. And, and the titles of them are a lot like life. For, for instance, Trivial Pursuit. Isn't that a great title for a game? You know, Trivial Pursuit, we spend a lot of time pursuing the what? The trivial, you know, the really, really non-important stuff. Or we looked at last week the, the game Outbursts. Sometimes we have outbursts and we say the wrong stuff. Our mouths just go in, in, in the wrong direction. Well, today we're going to uh, talk about that incredibly strategic and um, um, challenging game that's called Pie Face. <laughs> now, any of you ever played Pie Face? Any of you? There you go. Okay, yeah, there you go. Good job, Mom. I'm sure you just love that game more than life itself, don't you? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's something else. And, and, and this one actually takes focus and intelligence and concentration and skill, as you can see it right here. Basically, you have this contraption, and, and you lock and load it right like this, and you put whipped cream right here on, on this hand, and, and there's a little thing that you spin, a little spinner, you know, it's got little numbers on it, and, and whatever you spin, the number, the other person has to put their, their chin, you know, on, on this thing right here, and there's whipped cream on it, just like this. And so, um, as you could tell, um, it's going to be a wonderful thing to be as a parent at this point in time. And if it's one, you click one. And if it's three, it's one, two, three. And then if it's more, like five, one, two, there you go. And then you get hit in, in, the, you get hit in the face like that. And it, it is called pie face, and kids love it because it's got mess and it's got anticipation. And they squeal when it all happens, and it's a whole lot of fun <clears throat> for them. And you just pray that your kids will grow up, and then everything's fine with that one. And, 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 I, and I thought, you know, um, the, the issue of the game is it's random, and it hits you in the face. And I thought, well, that's totally like a lot of life, you know. Um, you're going along and minding your own business and just living life, and all of a sudden, what? Wham! You know, something hits you in the face. You know, you're moving through life, and, and, and you don't expect things. It's a nice sunny day outside, and all of a sudden... Smack, something, something there hits you. You get hit with something, pie face. I came home on, on Wednesday um, after, after work, and as I was p- 
pulling in the driveway, I noticed one of our minivans, we have two, one of our minivans was missing a, win- a window. It was just missing the, the passenger side window. And I, and I asked Lisa, where, where, where's the window? And she said, it, it fell. I said, what, what do you mean it fell? Windows in cars don't fall. And she said, this one did. <laughs> and I said, where? And she said, it all fell inside the door. I was rolling up, rolling up the window, and bam, it just fell in, in, inside the door. Now, was I expecting this? No, absolutely not. Is this something that I wanted on a Wednesday afternoon? You know, no. You know, who wants to come home and find out that their minivan has a, a window that's now inside the door? And, of course, it's summer in Half Moon Bay, which meant on Wednesday, if you remember, it was what? Raining. Yeah, it's raining. It's summer in Half Moon Bay. And so I had to try and figure out, well, how do we, how do we fix this? And I know people put plastic on it. And all I had was saran wrap, you know. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that lasted eight all of three seconds. And I tried to fix it up, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be expensive. i got to buy a regulator for this thing and the cables for it all. <laughs> it's a minivan, for crying out loud. But there it was, you know, smack, you know, pie face. I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. I didn't expect it. I didn't think it was going to happen. It came out of nowhere, and it just kind of hit us in the face. And some of us, not all of us, have some pie thing, you know, going on. And some of us, it's a lot worse than just simply a window that has fallen inside a car door. Sometimes it's deeper things. The phone rings and bam, you've had this happen. You pick it up and what? Your world changes. Forever is changed. And there, there are for some that are going through some deep issues. And you're getting to the point where you're beginning to say, why me? Why is this thing keep hitting me? You know, and how long can I can I put up with this, and how much can I take with these kinds of things, and why has God singled me out? Now Jesus certainly was aware and is aware of what we experience and go through. He said, "Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. There it is, but take heart, because I've overcome the world." Well, how do I take heart? You know, where do I go when I'm getting hit with this? And, and how am I supposed to respond when, 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 when this happens? And that's what I want to spend a few moments talking about. Would you pray with me, please? So, God, thank you now. Next couple of moments, and I pray you give me the right words and Holy Spirit work. Help us to appreciate how great and loving and kind you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, therapists and psychologists... Uh, can tell you the emotions you go through when you're experiencing trials. The things that kind of happen to you and emotionally on the inside when you're experiencing these kinds of things. You go through shock and fear, and you go through anger, and you go through grief. And those are kinds, or some variation of all of them. They're not necessarily in any kind of order, but they are random things that you'll feel this, and then you'll feel that, and then you might go back and feel this, and then this, and that, and this, and this. For instance, shock, it's like, what? You know, what? And then all of a sudden, the C word, you know, cancer shows up, and that's a shock. All of a sudden, it's, that happens to other people, you know. Have you ever had those thoughts? Those kinds of things happen to other people, you know. This kind of loss or that kind of an accident, that happens to other people, and all of a sudden, it's now happening, and it's a shock, and you don't quite know how to respond, and then there's fear. How am I going to now continue life? This thing's going on in, in, in me. And then there's anger, anger at what happened. Sometimes 
frustrated in our life. Sometimes the anger goes, goes God, God ways. You get angry at God, and then there's grief. Because no matter what it is, whenever you get smacked with something hard like that, things are never going to be the same. They will never be the same, and therefore you grieve at what? You grieve at that which will never be again, and those kinds of things that you lose. So how am I supposed to respond, you know? What, what am I supposed to do? And, and, and I guess when I wrote these kinds of things down, I was thinking through, if you were sitting in my office, if we were sitting down together for a cup of coffee and talking about life and what's going through, I guess these are the things I would want to share with you. I would want to tell you, and I guess I would want you to know because these are the things that help me when I get smacked like that. First of all, be okay without knowing the why. Be okay with it. Job, in the Bible, um, um, was the guy who had everything go wrong in his life, you know. And I'm not talking about country song wrong, you know. Country song, you always, your truck breaks down and you lost your six-pack and your girl went off with your best friend. Not that kind of wrong, but real wrong. I mean, real wrong. He lost his property. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. And then he came back and he was in immense physical pain, tremendous pain. And, and, and here, here, here's where he goes with it. Why wasn't I born dead? Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? Why was I laid in my mother's lap? Why did she nurse me? Why is light even given to those in misery and life to the bitter soul? And it's like, wow, Job, you know, good job in laying it out there. And, and sometimes, sometimes we think an explanation would help, you know, Sometimes if I knew all the whys and all the intricacies of God was doing, that would really make the pain go away. You know, if God would all of a sudden call a timeout, you know, and tell me every little tiny thing he's doing, then the pain would be less. But let's bring it down to our level. Let's, let's suppose um, my finger gets slammed in a drawer. This happened to me. We have self-closing drawers in our, in our kitchen. Which is great because they, if you push them shut, they what? They self-close. And, and if your fingers are caught in them, you push them shut, guess what? They self-close, okay? Nothing's going to stop them from self-closing. And so um, um, I had my finger in it and it, was, and, and, and it got smacked and it was one of those delayed hurts, you know? You know, when it hurts, you've done this before, it hurt, and you know this is going to really hurt. There's that little millisecond between the time when you slam it. It's like when your finger is saying to your brain, we sure got an idiot for a master, don't we? You know, it's like this because this is going to hurt really bad, and then all of a sudden the brain shoots this little thing back down you. And, and, and suppose during that microsecond delay, I ask why, you know, why, and God then calls a timeout, and everything stops in time, and, and, and God gives me an answer. And God's answer is, the reason, Paul, is because, you know, um, in the next couple of minutes, you're going to be dancing around like a little girl and waving around and you know, sucking on your finger and all that kind of stuff. And that little delay is going to make you just a little bit later getting in your car and driving to the hardware store. And had you been a minute earlier, some guy is going to run a red and would have T-boned you. You, you, you know? Now, God could tell me all that kind of stuff, and guess what? It still hurts. You know, it still hurts. Now, magnify that times a thousand, not talking about crushed fingers, but talking about lives getting crushed or all plans getting altered in incredibly indelible way, just boom, boom, boom. I wanted to go this way, and now I'm way over here. Pain's still there. 
Loss is loss. God says this, though. It is God's privilege to conceal things. It is his privilege. And the point is moving to that spot in faith. And this is where I want you and I to get to continually where we can say, I'll trust him. Though he may break me or seemingly break me, I trust him. After a bunch of years in this life, I, I have an, a file in my mind, and, and you can call it the later file, or I call it my um, forever file. And, and later means I can ask God later, you know? Because I don't understand, but someday I will. And right now, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't even have the capacity to understand it. Someday I will. And, 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 and I would also tell you, you know, don't always keep saying, what is God trying to teach me? Because we sometimes want to take life as a bunch of lessons, you know. There's patience, 1A, and then there's endurance, you know, 101C, you know, and this kind of stuff. And we think, well, once I get past this class and then this pl- class of these kinds of different things in life, I'll finally graduate in life or whatever that means. It doesn't work that way. It's not like that, this and then this and this and this and this. God is not teaching, teaching, teaching. He's shaping, molding, and moving and working. And that's a forever thing. And you're never going to get over the fact that God is continually lovingly shaping you and and forming you. And this is, if you want to write it down, Romans 28 and 29. God is forming us to be something different and something much, much better. And, And so I guess I would ask, can you survive this side knowing that He's a loving God and knows what he's doing. And that may be the best you get, that he's a loving God. And he knows what he's doing because this is where faith now comes in in living. We talk about faith and salvation, trusting God enough to accept him by faith for salvation through Christ. This is now faith for living, that the same God that died for you is the same God that works in you. Next thing I tell you is make sure you keep other people in your life. Keep other people in your life. We've asked this before. Why do you cry through your eyes? You know, I would think of all the places, that's the most inconvenient way to cry. You know, I really do. I think it would be way better that I would cry between my toes, that my tear ducts would be right between my toes. That way, A, nobody can see me in. You know, my socks would have to be changed a little bit more often, but that's the way it goes, you know. That, 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 that's okay. But no, God put tear ducts right here, right there, right there. You know, and that means when I cry, everybody can see me. And when I'm crying hard enough, I got to stop what I'm doing because I can't see where I'm going. And that should clue us in on why God put tear ducts right here, okay? So people can see me. And so I have to stop what I'm doing. And that should clue us in on the importance of getting people around us when we get hit with things that emotions are okay, that it's okay to get people around you. They will see you, and you're supposed to cry around other people when life gets hurtful and painful, that God has put people in our lives. That's why he did it this way, that you have to stop so people can see you, and you have to stop what you're doing in order to heal through it. People will sometimes say, I don't have enough faith to take me through this. That's why we have life groups, and that's why we encourage you to get around other people. Because when they say, I don't have enough faith to take me through this, we can say, that's okay. We have enough faith for you. We'll carry you through this. 
The Bible says this about what a local church is all about, and that's why I, I don't believe you should be isolated from a church family. It says weep with those who weep, meaning let people in. But it also reverses itself. A lot of us in this room know of someone who needs to hear from us because they're going through something. This thing just hit them, and it hit them hard. And we're supposed to weep with those who are weeping. And, and, and my rule of thumb is, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, so I'm not going to do anything. That's not good. If it's on your heart, do something, anything, to show love to them. And so maybe this afternoon you need to make a call or write a note or send a gift or ask a person how they're really doing. I'd also tell you, I guess, remember who. And trust in the things or actually in the one I do understand on this one. Um, first, when these kinds of things happen often enough, we say, why, why is God doing this to me? But, but theologically, we might know in our background, God is not a God of evil. He's not the author of evil. And he can't do bad. God cannot do bad to you. He can't. It's, he's incapable of doing bad. Um, and you think, well, that's good. You know, but wait a second. That can almost be worse. If God can't do bad, then why did God allow this to happen to me? Why? Why is he allowing this then to happen? It's kind of like, you know, if you're in charge of the world, then why? And, and so I would say no matter what, what you're going through, stay close to God on this one. Stay really close in trust. Because if I pull back, I still got the problem. I still do. I now only have the problem, but I don't have God. Sometimes I, I get bugged maybe that God let that happen. Well, it's, it's a relationship with God. And, and in our frailty, we struggle with grasping onto all of this. I want you to listen to what David said. Um, David was a close, <laughs> closely like us, and he struggled with problems. Listen to what he says. He says to God, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why? Why have you left me alone? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, you don't answer. Every night I lift my voice. I find no relief. Now, imagine if I were to stand here and say to you, you know how I'm feeling right now? I feel like God's abandoned me. I feel like I call to him, there's nothing going on here. God, you don't answer. You'd think you better stand about 10 feet away from me because lightning's going to hit me soon, right? Understand, these are the word of God in the Bible. And God's shoulders are big enough to let you complain to him. Lightning did hit David, because God knows we struggle and have doubts. In fact, the issue is not that he struggled and had doubts. The great issue is he went where with them? He went to God. Don't let go of God. And the Bible teaches that in the fall in Genesis, it wrecked everything, and it brought sin and death and pain and suffering, and we caused it, and we still cause it. But the Bible's not about God saying serves him right, but a God whose heart is broken in bringing people back to himself. On uh, this, this past um, week, I was, I was walking on the beach really early in the morning. His son kind of was coming up, and, 
and, and I was right by the water's edge, you know, walking right by as the waves were coming up. And it wasn't big, it wasn't big waves, you know, this, this week there. And you've done this too, you're walking right by the water and it kind of laps up, you know, and, and, you, and, you, and you keep a, a mindful eye over the, over the waves as they're, as they're coming up. And, and a sleeper wave came. And I'm not talking about a sleeper wave that's going to suck me back, you know, and kill me, all that kind of stuff. But just a, a wave that's a little bit big others. And, and so I did what you would do, you know, you run away from the wave. Now, I have never seen anybody run away from a wave that does not look like a dork, okay? <laughs> when you run away from a wave, you what? You look like a dork. You run like a dork, okay? So, because you don't want to get your feet wet. And so, you, you know, you do, you do this thing. I mean, that's what you do. And you look like a dork, and you know you look like a dork, but you don't want your shoes to get wet. And, 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 and so, as funny as I was kind of running away from this thing, I said, stop, 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 you know, stop. And guess what? It didn't. Stop. And as I was doing this in my dork run, I was reminded of a passage in Job where God sets the boundaries of the ocean um, and says, this far, no farther. God, this far, he says to the ocean. This far, no farther. And when he says it, the ocean's what? They stop. In this part of Job, it's at the very end. And, and if you've ever read the book of Job, I read the first couple chapters and I read the last few chapters. And I, and I really either skim or don't even read the middle part because there's a bunch of his friends trying to give wiseacre answers, you know, that they really don't know what they're talking about. Um, and, and, and Job is going through this, and, and he gets hit once, and he says God is still good, and then he gets hit again. And he said God is good, but I don't get it, and he gets hit again. And it's like, God, I think you're kind of good. And then he gets hit again. He says, God, do you really know what you're doing? Because you're not making any sense. And then he gets hit again, and he said, God, who are you to do this to me? And why? Job 38 is one of my favorite parts of the Bible, and I will read it oftentimes. It says this, Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. God, all of a sudden, shows up. And he says, who is this that questions my wisdom with words without knowledge? Job, brace yourself like a man. Okay, you're asking questions, brace yourself like a man. So I have some questions for you. And you must answer them. Basically, Job, you've been asking a bunch of questions. Let me just ask you a couple questions. If you can answer these, then I'll tell you everything. Here's God's response. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions? Who stretched out the surveying line? Who supports its foundations? Who laid its cornerstones as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb and as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness? For I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores, and I said, This far and no farther will you come. Here your proud waves must stop. Job wants a why. You know, he wants a why. You give me a why. God, I'm going to try and stand here. And all of a sudden, God shows up and Job feels his knees buckle. As God says, brace yourself like a man. And God does not give him a why. God gives him a who. A who. Understand in your struggles and your challenges, you don't want the why, you want the who. You want a God who is powerful and mighty and in control and has deep 
plans that are always good and is loving towards you. And Job says this. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? Job says, it's I. I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. Job wants an explanation. Instead, he gets God. And a God, getting God is much better than an explanation every single time. It's a true story, and it's not shared much in church because uh, the song isn't sung much. It's a story of behind uh, where a hymn came from. It's one that you may know. Um, after the Civil War um, in the United States, Horatio Spafford was a prominent Chicago attorney. was very successful. Um, he knew a guy named Dwight Moody, who was a popular evangelist in the time around the Chicago area. And Spafford had, he and his wife had five kids, and um, scarlet fever took his young son of four. This was before modern medication, and um, he lost his young son of four. Two years later, in 1873, Sp- Spafford decided his family should take a holiday um, somewhere in England. Um, Moody was speaking in England, and they could go visit the friend and, and, and see him, what he was doing. And he was delayed because of business, so he sent his family head, his wife, and their four young daughters to go ahead of him, and he would join them a couple weeks later. November 22nd, 1873, while crossing the Atlantic, um, the ship was struck by another ship. All four of his daughters were lost. All four lost. When his wife eventually got to England, um, she was able to send him a telegram. He had heard nothing. And the telegram just simply said, saved alone. Spafford then sailed to England um, to be with his wife, and he asked the captain of the vessel to let him know when they were in proximity to where the ship went down. And um, when he was there, these are the words he wrote, and they became a hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, you know the words, it is well, it is well with my soul. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up right now. I have um, asked them to sing a song um, this morning um, as I was preparing this, knowing that uh, we would be kind of thinking out through the issues, challenges, pain, problems we have in life. and um, The song Through It All uh, will bring into play that song, um, It Is Well With My Soul. We'll sing the chorus of that a couple times. And, um, it talks about how God is really in charge of it all. And there's a great phrase in it, and the phrase has been hitting me in my head, bouncing around a lot this week. It is the waves and winds still know your name. The waves and winds still know your name. Speaking to God, speaking to Jesus. And it's a reference to the point when the disciples were in a boat and they were in a storm and Jesus was with them and they thought they were going to die because the storm was so bad. And Jesus says, you have such little faith. And he says to the waves, be still. He says to the wind, be calm. 
and stop. And so the song goes through it, all my eyes are on you. My eyes are focused on you. And those same, that same wind and those same waves that experienced Jesus once, what he's saying is they still know his name. They still know who's in charge. And as they sing it, sing along with worship, but I hope that name you know too. So let's worship.